Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a very special guest all the way out in Russia. We got Max with Vault 12. How are you doing today? Hey, doing doing great. Thank you very much, Richard. But actually, we'll correct you right off the bat. <laughs> I am in Silicon Valley, but Russia is indeed the place where I was born. So kind of gotcha. Close. But a bit off by about 20 years. It's <laughs> just about 20 years. All right. Well, thanks yeah. for that correction, man. You're out in Silicon Valley working on Vault 12, and I'm sure we're going to dive into all that. But before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself. As we just established, born in Russia. Actually, I educated as theoretical physicist right after getting my degree in Russia. I actually moved to Silicon Valley and have been building startups here for exactly about 20 years. Most recently, before starting World 12, I was one of the investment partners in big venture capital funds called Andreessen Horowitz. We actually did one of the very first deals in cryptocurrency space. We funded Coinbase. That's pretty much where I kind of got my chops into crypto industry. Coinbase, I mean, not a small fish. The fact that you were there to help that happen, and that just speaks to the just absolute time that you spent in this space and been able to learn through the years. I mean, to invest in Coinbase early and then to just see how things have progressed throughout the years. Dive into that. How did you first decide when you're at an investment company, when did you decide like, okay, I need to pay attention to crypto. Coinbase, tell me more about this whole crypto thing. Like what, what piqued your interest? And then like, when did you decide like, okay, this is where I need to pay attention? So basically, I would say one of the magical part of Silicon Valley it's like giant, giant technology discussion club. Before I joined Andreessen, I recently sold from my previous company, so I was enjoying some downtime. And I was just chatting with lots of people, kind of getting all the scuttlebutt going on around Silicon Valley. And keep in mind, we're talking, this is like 2011, 2012. This was very long time ago. Yeah. One of the things that kept coming back to me was... Everybody was saying like, hey, look at this Bitcoin thing. Look what's happening there. It was relatively, like with people with technical background, I think it was relatively apparent very quickly that once you look into details, that was like, oh my God, this is bigger, biggest advanced in computer science, kind of overpassed probably 40, maybe 50 years. So this is huge, a new thing. So basically I wrote very kind of short, small kind of investment thesis. That was kind of sort of my proposal 
to Andreessen as like, hey, I think we should look at that space. Yeah, it was funny. They played the cards very close to the chest. So they kind of listened to my investment thesis, listened to everything I prepared and say, well, we already actually invested in this company, in this company. So it is right on time. The only difference is we already done all that, but welcome aboard. You learn about this, you have an ear to the ground and you also probably start learning that it's kind of difficult initially to get cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin. And there was a lot of ways that you could start to lose it. Or if you don't have it securely put into a place, someone could probably steal it from you. So was that kind of the thinking and what kind of led you to Vault 12? Or kind of tell us about what made you decide to want to start Vault 12. One of the benefits of working in an investment fund is you obviously see all deal flow in the, fl- in the place. You see everything that everybody is, is working on. The feeling at that era, like we're already kind of moving forward in time, that was like the kind of 2013, 2014, was that Bitcoin was starting to get adoption, but there was pretty much almost no startups that were working in this place. So obviously Coinbase already existed, but if you look across the board, it was basically barren wasteland. We started asking questions like, okay, people go to Coinbase, they buy the first Bitcoin, Ethereum did not exist yet. What happens next? And all sorts of additional questions were starting popping up. It's how people restore the cryptocurrencies in case of catastrophic loss, how you pass your kind of digital assets if something happens to your relatives, to your family, how you avoid undue decentralization, how you avoid kind of just becoming another bank that has crypto assets, how you kind of leverage this decentralized nature of Bitcoin. First to be told, actually for about six months, I wasn't even trying to start Vault 12 myself. I was trying to find a CEO in our pool of serial entrepreneurs. And I was speaking with a few people and was like, hey, you should start this company. No, dude, this is really awesome. This is like big, big problems that needs to be solved. And of course, everybody like was looking at this. This wasn't crypto CEOs. They had no idea what Bitcoin was or they were like, oh, I want to start like enterprise software sales company. They were looking at me like a Martian. And after six months, I just realized I mean, the only way to make it happen is just to build it myself. Kind of, I followed this uh, very well-trodded path of some venture capitalists leaving cushy job to kind of go into hunger, blood and tear and mark of a new startup. So tell me about that. So what year was it when you were like, okay, I guess I'm going to dive into this. And of course, you're going, like you said, from a more relaxed kind of work environment to a more like hands to the ground, startup, let's go get it attitude. What year was that? Tell us kind of the trajectory of like where the original thought was for it. And then like what you've kind of built it to today. Give us the roadmap of like how you've gotten to the point where you are today. I started putting everything together. Kind of, I have not, was, uh, didn't work at full-time on that yet, but roughly around middle of 2014, and it kind of like uh, kept getting more and more momentum kind of as year come to the end. And our initial idea, which is still main product of all 12, this is our main offering. We're doing big release in the next few days, but main offering if is roughly very simple. Your crypto assets, your digital assets are incredibly valuable. But it's because of that value, you cannot store them at centralized locations. You can, but you expose them to undue risk that we see over and over in press with yet another exchange getting hacked, then yet another some sort of story how people 
instead of who delegates storage of their crypto assets, are taken advantage of. Now, there is a well-known kind of proverb in crypto space, not your key, not your crypto. If you want to keep your cryptocurrencies yourself, it exposes you to different sort of risk, primarily catastrophic loss. What okay. happens if you kind of dropped your hardware wallet in the toilet? What happened if your house caught on fire? Or like speaking here from 20 years in California, what if the whole valley is big pile of rubble kind of next Thursday? And they will probably call it small one since big one is much, much worse in California. So yeah. it requires completely new solution for storing of this type super sensitive assets. And that's what World Valve is because kind of in simplest version, the only thing you need to do, you need to pick your most trusted friend and family members, invite them to our app, and that creates incredibly secure cryptographic vault. Could keep pretty much anything. You can keep your kind of if you want private keys to your currency. You can keep seed phrases of your wallets. You can keep any other super sensitive uh, documents. So it's that play, that kind of virtual place that doesn't exist on any centralized servers. Vault 12 doesn't run any servers. We do not store your data. You don't have an account with us. It all happens in peer-to-peer -peer fashion between you and your family. And this way, you basically become completely self-sovereign. You only depends on people you trust to store, backup, and restore in case of calamity, kind of your most necessary assets. And I think that's kind of the bigger implications here. We're not only solving this problem for cryptocurrency users, which is kind of a big problem in itself, but we're solving it kind of for all citizens of future fully digital world, where we kind of don't really want to trust big companies with all our data, with all our possessions. I think we're already seeing negative effects this is causing. So if you kind of want to decentralize the world in a meaningful way, you need at least storage capability similar to Vault 12, peer-to-peer -peer friend and family storage. Okay, so there's a lot of things I kind of want to unpack there and some really cool points that you brought up. One being, and I think I've spoken on this in a, in a previous podcast, but like, how do you secure yourself, right, in, in, in times of calamity? So right now you kind of have cold storage and you have to write down all this stuff. Hopefully you're writing it down in multiple places and you're not putting it into the digital plethora. But what it sounds like with, with Vault 12, like you said, you do it in such a way that you make sure it can't be hacked, but it's also shared with friends and family. So I guess my first question is, is if I share it with my, my our family or whoever I, I really trust to have this, do they have access to it at any given point? Is it only on somehow I am dead? Like, tell me about like how that process works. So there is very interesting piece of cryptography, relatively well known in crypto world, that we're using as core engine of our product. And that's called Shamir Secret Sharing. Core idea of Shamir Secret Sharing is that if person have one piece of data, there is theoretical security that he cannot retrieve any information about the data. When I say theoretical security, Security, it's a technical term, which in practical sense, it means even if one member of your family has access to infinite number of quantum computers, he still cannot extract even a single byte of that, what we call shard, he's keeping um, kind of on her phone. And only these schemas are called threshold schemas. So only when threshold number of guardians cooperate, then the data you uh, backed up with them becomes available again. 
And that's sort of your protection mechanism. So you need to select your guardians very carefully. But of course, well, human, we might make mistakes. Even if one of those guardians is not so good, it's actually not a big deal because you have all other guardians uh, serving as this sharded backup. Yet at the same time, one guardian and depending on schema you selected, even two bad guardians, it's not only nothing to worry about. You have big body of cryptographic proofs that it's theoretically secure. You have nothing to worry about. They like absolutely cannot extract anything about your, da- your data. That type of security, is because I will challenge you slightly when you said earlier, I have a cold storage and I wrote down my backup phrase like in multiple places. This is what lots of people do, but it's not a great strategy because the more direct backups of your data you create, the more vectors is for hackers or attackers to steal it, you create just by doing so. So a simple example, like some people I know, they're like, oh, I will write my recovery phrase. I put it on these cards and I hide it all over my apartment or my house. Well, guess what? You hide it in some strange place and probably the person who will find it there would be your house cleaner. So she takes your backup card and that's it. This house cleaner got kind of sudden lottery win. Having multiple copies of your backup phrase, it's not such a great idea for cryptocurrency storage. What uh, we, we solving this in Wolf 12 with Shamir Secret Sharing because it lets you have that extra robustness of multiple shards, of multiple backups. Yet at the same time, it makes every backup useless. It, every backup in isolation gives a person no additional information. That's kind of the technical background of our system. It's really unique. And it, it sounds like it's doing it in such a way, just like you said, that even if somehow you share it with a guardian that loses their phone or however they would have access to it, there's still protocols put in place that could still protect you. One of the other points that you brought up was that this can be used outside of cryptocurrency. What are some other use cases if someone wanted to use Vault 12? We're doing a big release over the next few days. And one of the things we're bringing forward is what we call digital inheritance. And that's kind of the next step in this whole kind of what we call digital citizen program. Idea here is, okay, you have your cryptocurrency. It's very well backed up. But now, I hate to say this, but even millennials are aging, like millennials having kids, millennials uh, becomes older, kind of in all the usual life stuff, like diseases, car accidents happens. And of course, with COVID, we all seen how unexpectedly mortal we all are. So right. as, as we all know, cryptocurrency is so secure that if original owner dies, there is again no uh, computational way to ever get his crypto assets back. They are gone forever. And actually, it's bad for the whole ecosystem because these coins will never re-enter circulation back. You kind of permanently uh, destroying part of blockchain-funded address space. So what we provided with digital inheritance is now you can put any sort of file into your wallet so it doesn't have to be just crypto currencies, this could be anything. It could be your financial documents. It could be your password database. Whatever you want to keep secure. And you can designate an inheritor, a person who will have the right to restore these assets in the same kind of Shamir distributed way in case you pass away or are even incapacitated. So one of the less dramatic example I can think of is crypto owners get into car accident, he's hospital, he's paralyzed, 
and he needs exactly his crypto assets to pay for his hospital fees. With digital inheritance, he, for example, can assign his wife to be the benefactor, and she will have the right now to restore that world with all his assets and do whatever is necessary for him. That's make our solution universal. So now it's not just like pure narrow vertical of cryptocurrency keys, it's all digital assets that any family might possess. And kind of as we move forward to the future, pretty much everything we'll own will become digital. Kind of it will be digital keys to our house, digital keys to our cars if we're still driving, digital keys to everything. And we allow people to have as secure backup of all these digital properties as security currently offered to cryptocurrency owners. That's powerful. And something that... I've thought of a lot and, and still kind of like piques my interest is just to make sure that any event, something ever happened to me, especially being in this space, like what would I do? Currently, my current system, unfortunately, is like if something were to happen, I have everything written down in a place where I know my family would find it. But just like you said, that's probably not the best way to go about it. So something like Vault would definitely be very beneficial for me. It's actually something that I'm probably going to be looking into myself. So I really appreciate you spending some time diving into that and, and explaining all of that. To kind of shift gears just, just a little bit, 2020 has been a eye-opening year for the space and a lot has happened. And there's more and more attention being brought to cryptocurrency. It's, it's, it's top of mind and it's starting to get a ton more media attention. What are some things in the current horizon that has your attention that you think others should be looking out for? People asked us this question in some forums, and my answer is there is kind of not that much good news in short term, and it's massively positive news for cryptocurrencies over long term. Because I think what fundamentally COVID crisis did, it kind of put the final nail in the coffin of the idea, like, hey, our governments are competent, and they know what's best for you, and they are prepared. So it kind of drove home in, in a way that you can never explain like by logical argument. It explained to the people in a very like physical way. You can only really rely on yourself and your family. You have to be prepared yourself. You have to be self-reliant digital citizen. And that's exactly where cryptocurrencies shines because by design, cryptocurrencies are not dependent on any specific governments, not dependent on its working. It's all kind of native peer-to-peer -peer currencies. So I think over long term, after we're kind of out of immediate crisis, after we kind of solve the right now, right now the kind of the job is to save lives, not to run some sort of digital sovereignty experiments. But after we kind of get through immediate crisis, get the vaccine going, kind of normalize the society a little bit. I think after that, uh, people will start thinking about long-term consequences. And I think it will be simply golden age for crypto. We, we kind of, uh, we invented this technology. We were men with a hammer. And fi nail finally arrives as the size of the planet. The attention that's being brought to it is being seen as cryptocurrency as a potential hedge against everything that's happening in the world that's making the global markets get affected, especially the U.S. dollar being challenged. And by printing more money with the Federal Reserve that's basically set up, that then means that you're also inflating the rest of the countries that depend on that USD. So now they're looking at other places like, look, we, we potentially can't sustain this. What are other options? So now you're starting to get countries who are looking at digitizing their currencies, potentially trying to overhaul and even looking at, well, do we just make Bitcoin potentially our next like base of like this is where value is. And that is causing institutional money to start putting a, a decent amount of, of their money to into crypto. 
And it's it's really interesting to see that dynamic because I feel like that's really like the first wave of legitimacy in making more and more people start to pay attention because as the money starts to move up top, it's then the rest of the, the world begins to, to follow suit. One of my friends has an excellent tweet a few years back that uh, Bitcoin is insurance policy against politicians because fundamentally what you described, we and I mean, make no mistake about it, we're currently on war footing. We are on war footing versus virus and every government enters war, but like, well, we spend our way uh, out of this war. We do what's necessary to save lives and then future generations will pay for it. The difference here, I think, is that like war, it's brought by external enemies, so you, there is not much you can do about this. This was fairly preventable crisis. It was fairly easy to kind of invest ahead of time in steps to make it, because like how hard it is to print 300 million masks that probably cost like one cent in the mass production. So it was basically failure of preparation on political class. And that current printing is effectively like, oh, we, well, we weren't smart enough. I mean, uh, politicians kind of running the things. We weren't smart enough to prepare. So please, everybody else, pay for our mistakes. Please give us that loan to fix the stuff that would have been incredibly cheap to fix kind of few few years ago. So again, I think the lesson people got is like, well, intellectual level of our politicians not going to improve anytime soon. They will make another mistake and then another mistake. And every single time they will ask basically citizens, oh, please pay for that. And I think citizens are kind of more or less, uh, well, they were fed up with that even before it happened. But now they have an instrument. They have crypto instrument and it's like, hey, I want to buy insurance against all your future mistakes. It's up to them individually how much of that insurance they buy. It's like 1% of the assets, 10% of the assets. But they have an instrument now. And obviously, even if we see it like 1% to 10% of world population going ahead and buying kind of this uh, insurance baskets of protections about future political missteps, that's exactly what I say. We're looking at golden nature of cryptocurrencies. So all companies that are providing tools, providing cryptocurrencies, providing new solution built on top of cryptocurrencies, this will be next huge technological wave. The attention's being brought and it's it's starting to hold up against everything that's going on in the markets. And I think we're just at the beginning of it. And another question I just want to ask real quick is, over the next decade, we're in 2020 right now. And in the next decade, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of things happen. What are you looking forward in, and what has your attention that you're going to be looking specifically out for? And then also, how do you think Vault 12 fits into that? Well, the biggest, the biggest wave going to be what I call tier one adoption. Because realistically, what, and I mean, I've been doing crypto industry starting from Bitcoin close to 10 years now. And of course, I would say one of the sad facts for crypto old timers like me is that we still don't have not hit mass adoption. That's what we all, uh, yeah, what we all wanted, that what we all dreamed about, but it simply did not happen. And, you know, it's sometimes technological adoptions uh, happen with, with some delay. I think now that moment will arrive that it will be increasingly start to be like crypto mass adoption will start happening all over the world. So to a degree, we don't even need radical new ideas because lots of the tools have been already built. We have onboarding ramps, we have exchanges, we have very powerful infrastructure of software wallets, hardware wallets, and all that. 
the main thing that was missing was user driver. And I think that that will arrive post-crisis. So at Wolf 12, we basically at the same position with our vision. Our vision is exactly the same as it was five years ago, that you guys going to own a, a lot of digital assets. You will have all sorts of wallets. You will have all sorts of private keys. You need such a backup that is safe from your house cleaner finding your little uh, secret, secret seed phrase card. And it has to be much more secure than that. So simply build your distributed family vaults that only you control, that you don't have to trust Facebook or Google or Apple with your security. Just pick solid trustworthy people in your personal circle and you will have cryptographically unbreakable vault to back up and keep all sorts of digital assets. And I think as hundreds of millions of people enter crypto over the next decade, we, we will be there to provide this vault for them. Awesome. Well, well, everyone listening, definitely go check it out. It's definitely, we're looking into a really cool website with videos on there. Just for everyone that's listening right now, do remember we have a YouTube channel when we're starting to record these. If you want to watch this video, a quick thing to let you know that there's something really cool on Max's shirt, especially if you're a Fallout fan, if the fit of the video game, I'm not going to spoil it, but definitely want to check out the shirt. But Max, really appreciate your time today. But what is the final thought that you want to leave with all of our listeners? Stay strong. We're still not out of the woods with COVID crisis. So wear the mask, be safe. When things get back to normalcy, start thinking ahead. Start thinking about your and your family strategy into this, exactly as you said, world where currency will be devaluing, where the worth of cash instruments will be very different than what it was before. And make smart choices based on your own research. The era of centralized, top-down expertise is over. It's it's all up to you. It's all your decision power. Excellent. Well, I definitely appreciate that final thought. But what are ways that people can connect with you and learn more about what you have going on and learn more about Vault 12? We, we are heavy on Twitter. They can follow my Twitter handle, which is underscore Lord Max on Twitter. And we have same handle for Vault 12. It's Vault 12 on Twitter. We are very easy to find and would love to engage with anybody who has questions, thoughts, or suggestions. Excellent. Well, again, really appreciate your time today. And for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from A. Bryant 41. You can tell that Richard has a passion for connecting the unknown to the listener. He makes crypto a lot easier to comprehend. It's one thing to know what crypto is, but to understand is what the podcast has helped me to do. Love it. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent.